Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 102. No, I'm just kidding. 101. Um, uh, can you imagine if it was called the 102? It just doesn't have the same ring. Well, I mean, obviously, if you know the history of the podcast, it was a uh, Terminator reference, the the T101. That was the whole point about me doing that. In case anybody didn't know that, that was that was the whole point. Um, so welcome back to the 101. Really happy you could uh, be here today. And uh, my guest is uh, Patrick Gorton. So um, before we get into, you know, the introduction for Patrick and whatnot, we have to get with, look at, hey, 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 we have to get through this, okay? I know, I know you guys enjoy these sponsors. That's why I keep them around, okay? And uh, they keep this, they keep this show afloat. So without further ado, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. And it's over just like that. Holy crap. Was that, that was pretty easy. Come on, guys. Let's be real. That was actually a really easy sponsor to get through. And you know what? Maybe you can actually use that sponsor. Maybe you can actually use that service and uh, it'll be beneficial for you. So it's a win-win situation. 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 There we go. I'm recording this. Uh, This is the first introduction to a podcast that I've recorded with my headphones on. Um, And I've said it before uh, in a couple other places that it's so strange to be able to hear your voice in like the 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 headphones like it, it, if you do a podcast and you use headphones you know what i'm talking about it's something that i don't know i'll ever get over it's so weird that i can hear myself and i can turn my audio up louder if i want it to be up louder or whatever so i just turned it up a little louder i don't think it changes anything on your guys's end but uh yeah it's crazy so anyways, um, my my guest today is Patrick Gorton, who is the host of an incredible podcast. Seriously, when I say this, I mean this like wholeheartedly. I'm not sarcastic about it. I'm not joking about it. I'm not just saying it because he's my guest right now. We Live on a Planet, which is Patrick's podcast, We Live on a Planet, is quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts. And... Like in the episode, I tell Patrick that I stumbled across his podcast on a Facebook group, a mutual group that him and I were a part of. And I'm just so happy that we did or that I did and that we were able to connect. I uh, reached out to him and I was like, I want to get you on my podcast. I like what you're doing. And this was, you know, I had taken a listen to maybe one episode and I was like, oh, okay. I really like this guy's voice. This guy has an incredible voice. Very fitting that he has a podcast. Um Patrick Gorton, I love his voice. I actually figured out, and you you'll you'll hear it when we're uh, talking. I uh, tell him who he reminds me of, and uh, it's from a it's from a film. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna save that for when it happens in the podcast. So uh, we live on a planet is a uh, variety show type podcast with a uh, um, oh no no sorry it's a uh, it's a personal diary with a variety show flair. I believe is how. Patrick describes it, and I love it. And it's uh, it's a one man show, but he is uh, going to be opening it up very shortly here to uh, other guests coming on every Wednesday. He has uh, new new episodes every Monday and Friday, so he kind of does the thing that that I don't do, which is follow a schedule. He follows a schedule, so that's really cool. Um, you'll notice that this this um, this remote recording, which means that he was in a completely different state. I was in Florida. He was in New York. Um, You'll notice that the audio quality should sound 
10 times better because previously I was recording through my phone and the guest was recording through their phone. This time I was recording on this mic that I'm using right now and uh, Patrick was recording with his phone, but I think even his audio was, uh, it sounded better to me at least. So having said all that, guys, I'm so, 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 what am I so sewing for? Um, I'm just really happy that uh, you're here and here we go, guys. Get ready. Get set. It's Patrick Gordon. just like that we are off and running and i just want to make sure i didn't lose you patrick you still there i am still here wow holy snapping crap we figured this out uh for everybody listening um just to kind of give you guys a uh a uh there we go i'm gonna take one of my headphones off so i only have it on one ear um Patrick and I from, uh, so Patrick is from We Live on a Planet. It's a great podcast. Uh, we did a recording a few days ago and um, it was great. It was so good. Like it was one of my favorite recordings that I've done. I'm not just, you know, kissing your ass because you're on the other end of the line, but it was seriously, it was such a fun one. And it was, it was. And um, on playback, I've told Patrick this, he knows it, but uh, I don't think I've shared it here. Um, there was this processing glitch that created uh, this overlap between Patrick's audio and my audio. And um, it was sort of as though both of us were talking at the same time, even though during the initial recording, that wasn't the case. We, we, you know, were talking the way normal people talk, but this processing glitch that's been happening to me um, screwed up the entire thing and it made it unreleasable in my opinion. Um, so, uh, I've gotten in contact with Anchor. They've gotten back to me. They, you know, were like, you know, unfortunately we can't salvage that recording, which makes sense because it's done. But they were like, you know, send me all the information. The guy's name is Grant. So really a uh, nice shout out to Grant. He's been awesome. Um, and uh, so we're going back and forth. I haven't heard anything back from them. Um, we're trying to figure out why, you know, they said that they were going to send it off to their engineers so that this doesn't keep happening. The one constant that I've noticed is that it's... Um, uh, I use Android and the, like the glitch problems have always been with people that use Apple products. So I don't know in 2020, there shouldn't be a uh, problem like this where you have different devices and it creates a glitch. Like we should be able to have this stuff figured out. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, we're one of these feels like we've been here before <laughs> <laughs> dream hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I think, I think we we really gelled. We had a great time, and I think that uh, I think that maybe it just wasn't meant to be, my friend. And this is this one will be the one that's meant to be. You know, that was meant for just you and I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, I am actually happy that it happened because um, so now we're recording. I use a Rodecaster Pro. We're we're recording through there. Sweet setup. Sweet setup. 
right? Ah, oh, I freaking love this thing. Um, so we're, so we're recording using this. Normally I just use my phone when I use anchor. So, um, hopefully the audio sounds a lot better. Honestly, I think the audio will sound a lot better. So, the, um, that's, I guess one of the big positives about it. So, uh, anyways, having put all that aside and, and, and so you guys know now that's, that's what's going on. Um, Patrick Gorton from We Live on a Planet. Uh, yes. Welcome back. Your second appearance. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's like, it's like the first time. Yeah, it's the first time, but not really. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad to be back, though, because like I said, we, we did share a lot and we both have quite a bit. I think our anchor journey started out very similar a lot. We saw a lot of comparisons and we started out anchor when it was in its infancy. And so we had a lot of those comparisons and uh, yeah, I, I stumbled across Anchor just by chance. I was rooting around in the app store one day and it was radio reinvented, radio for the people, by the people and be like, make your own podcast. But I was like, what's a podcast really? You know, I had no idea what a podcast was. So I didn't go in with any preconceived notions of trying to be Joe Rogan or trying to be anybody. I knew who Joe Rogan was. I just didn't follow podcast or anything like that so it was a fun journey and here it is over three years later and the journey feels like it's just begun again for me because there's like some new found life that's been just breathed into we live on a planet and it's exciting very exciting very exciting and for everyone listening uh what is um so of course you and i we're probably going to tread on some of the same stuff but the people listening won't know that we're treading on the same stuff only you and i will but uh right right um where did the idea for so okay so you kind of found anchor just off yeah you know just accidentally but where did the idea for we live on a planet and starting your own podcast come from yeah that's a good question i you know i've for years just been intrigued by learning and by knowledge and i feel like a shark in a feeding frenzy of knowledge i just want to learn i want to learn more and it hit me, which is a big obvious thing, but we live on a planet, you know? And I'm like, you know, we live on a planet that's spinning a thousand miles per hour and then traveling through space at some God awful speed. And it's like, you sometimes you just want to go up and grab somebody and shake them and be like, Hey, do you know, we live on a planet because we just kind of put our heads down and go in our rat race and do what we do. And so when I found anchor, the conundrum comes of what do you make your podcast name? And so I was like, Hmm, I don't know what to name it. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. And I was like, well, I say that a lot. And so I think that's what I'm going to name my podcast. And then that day we live on a planet was born. It was October 31st, uh, 2017 was its infancy it was when it was, was born. And I just, uh, it, I think people were intrigued by the name. They were like, is it a science show? Is it a what show? What is it a show? And I like to describe it now. I never had an elevator pitch for years. I couldn't really describe what my show was. And now I really say it's a personal journal with a variety show flair. Yes, I love that about it. I love how you describe it that way because seriously, guys, go check it out. All the information is going to be in the show notes. Uh, Patrick has... Um, uh, this this real relatable quality to him. And uh, he is a one-man show, but now what's really interesting is the difference between the first recording and this recording is now we know Patrick is expanding. He's, uh, you are uh, opening it up to guests, which is going to be what, every Wednesday, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. I've had ever since the infancy of the show, I've taken listener call-ins and that's been the backbone of the show still. So every show I usually throw in two to three phone calls from my listeners and I, it's just part of the backbone. And I've been very fortunate to have that interaction. And once Anchor changed over and was bought by Spotify, a lot of that social aspect went away. So I, I, I don't have as many phone calls as I used to. And I have done interviews with the past with people, but um, I decided to really say, you know, I really want to take one day of the week and really just put that in for interviews or slash conversations with people that interest me or people that show interest in the show. And so, yeah, I have, I have a lot right now that's on the stove. I'm stirring a lot of pots right now, that's for sure. And I'm excited about it because I just feel like that will add a little bit more of something to We Live on a Planet because after 370 plus episodes, Whew. you start kind of going, now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Because uh, it's funny because um, so when I started the podcast, uh, it wasn't Eddie Green's 101. It was Bigger Boat Movies and it was a, a, a movie podcast. Right. And um, I was a one man show, very similar to you. And I literally commend you for making three over 350, close to 400 episodes now of just you, because yeah. it is a real challenge because, I mean, we love talking. I mean, you and I, we have podcasts, so clearly we love talking, but right. it's such a different thing when you are doing it just with yourself because you have to find ways to not only entertain the people listening, but you have to find a way to make you yourself not sick of yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Exactly. Cause there was times at, at one time of the show where I almost, there's been a couple times that I've almost put, we live on a planet to bed. And one was because I just really wasn't sure my confidence level was so low and it was so down and I second guessed myself and I got into that oh no, everybody's listening. Oh no, what about my numbers? What about this? And it was just, a, it was stupid. And then I was in a really, really bad car accident just last March. And that almost put the show to bed too. And so to have some life brought back into it feels really good, Eddie, because you know, as a creative yourself, that it's hard to step away some, from something you've created, even though you had your, we're going to need a bigger boat it still branched, allowed you to branch off to be that more creative juice outlet of person that you are to do what you are doing today and doing live streams. And I commend you to do that because that's me. Being in front of a microphone is okay and I'm comfortable and I like it. But being in front of a camera, that's a whole nother animal. You know, that's a different ball game right there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's all weird. I mean, it, it even what I'm doing right now, because this is the first time that I've used headphones or any yeah, kind of like fun, recording, though, isn't it? it's great. I mean, so, okay. So you use headphones, correct? I do. It's so weird. You can, I, I hear myself and I've never been able to hear myself though. Um, in this most recent episode I released, um, I comment on that because I think I'm going to invest in headphones because, um, I'm always trying to make the podcast as perfect as possible. And this most recent guest that came on, I had him up a little bit louder than me mm -hmm. in, when we were recording but I didn't have headphones, so I wasn't able to gauge that. I sounded a little quieter than I would have preferred in the, right. you know, in the playback. Um, and that would have been able to have been remedied had I had 
you know, headphones. So um, it's all weird. It's all weird. But the live streams are really fun because especially this last one, which you participated in, by the way, um, it was fun. It's it, right. It's so fun. And I'm doing another one uh, when we're done here. And uh, um, I'm really happy that uh, like everything so far has worked out because like if you guys don't know, just to kind of give you a, like a real quick summation, we were probably a half hour of just doing test runs. All right. How does this sound? How does this sound? How does my <laughs> mic sound? And, um, Patrick, I just have to really, uh, uh, like if, like if, if COVID-19 wasn't a thing and we were in person, I would shake your hand and I would say, thank you for doing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Speaking of shaking hands, I know you said it on your live stream and I talked about it on my podcast as well. So it was very funny that you had said that. I think that that will become a thing of the past babies that are born right now, babies that are born right now may never shake a hand and they'll look at us and say grandpa tell me again what did you do ew you shook people's hands yeah so wait let me get this straight you would come across a perfect stranger that you've never met and the first thing you did to greet them would be reach out and touch their hand why <laughs> why did you do that and it's like well for hundreds and hundreds of years we did that and in some cultures they don't do that eddie and so i think and it sounds far-fetched but you know science fiction become science fact and ideas become things people have to think things and right now as we're thinking something somebody is too and i think that it could possibly be something that not right away but might start becoming one of those things where people just don't do it like we used to or like we do now i mean maybe that's crazy but i don't know i the wright brothers were called crazy too yeah, yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you. I think it's going to be something that um, even, okay, so shaking hands, uh, you know, I I honestly don't do it. Like, I've said this so many times. I was doing all this sanitation and, 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 and cleaning your hands, and I was doing it before it was cool. Before it was hip. <laughs> yeah, before it was cool, because um, that's just how I've been for the longest time. And, you know, and a lot of people ask me, when did you become a – a self-proclaimed germaphobe because I'm not like, I'm not Howie Mandel, right? Like Howie yeah. Mandel is, is yeah, a whole yeah. other level. That'd um, be hard. That, that, yeah, that's, uh, that I don't understand. Um, but I am, you know, very aware of even, um, and I think I might've mentioned this in that live stream that, uh, certain people like my dad, it's weird. He was like, what, we can't see the viruses and it's on everything that we touch. And then that's how we get sick. And I'm, I'm like, how like how else do you think we get sick you're like yes we touch our face and boom if you're if your immune system is not ready you're gonna get sick so um yeah. the like the, the the washing of the hands all that stuff i've been doing that so long and now it's funny that all of a sudden you can't go to a store you can't get sanitizer you can't get wipes you can't get anything and the real funny thing and it's not even funny but it, it's it's gonna be a real test to see once this all blows over are we going to stick with it or are we just going to go right back to shaking hands? Are we going to go right back to touching doorknobs and then touching our face? And it's, it's a real, it's a real mind bender, but uh, I'm excited to see where it goes because I think this is a big wake up call to everybody that, I, yeah, you know, we, we, we yeah. just need to do common sense stuff, but it's not all it's common sense. Isn't common. No, no. And you know that, uh, that famous Tommy Lee Jones, when he's having that speech with Will Smith and saying, you know, a person's smart, but people, <laughs> people are nervous creatures that are shaky and they get 
you know, remember him in Men in Black talking, sitting Will Smith down trying to explain to him, well, how come people don't, we don't know about aliens? So people would lose their mind if they knew. Yeah. You know? And so it's, I think that we're a person is smart, but people together, and I, that brings me to like, maybe what's going on with this toilet paper. I did hear a doctor talk about this on NPR the other day. He's like, you know, we can create a bubble in the lab. And that's all we've done right here is create a bubble in the sense of, you know, a bubble of fear. And I think it's a primal thing, Eddie. I think that we are just hunter gatherers anyways. That's what we are. We haven't been evolved for that many years, you know, 10,000 plus years. And you go to your favorite tree that you always harvest from. And there's always plentiful fruit always, because when you go to the Walmart or any other store, there's always stuff there. It's always there. It's rare. If it is gone, you're kind of grumbling going, whoa, how come there's no one of my favorite spaghetti sauce here when there's 10,000 other spaghetti sauces? And so when you go and now all of a sudden your norm is this tree is almost picked barren. And so now all of a sudden, instead of just grabbing that one piece of fruit, you grab more fruit than you can eat, even if it's going to go bad because this primal fear comes in of the blithe. Oh, no, maybe the tree's not going to grow again. So now this fear is coming. We go and it's true. Boom. You're going to that tree and they're gone. And so people, it's a primal thing, I think, and it's just brought about with toilet paper. <laughs> well, that's another thing I think that's going to, uh, um, we'll look back on and we'll be like, whoa, hold on, wait, people were losing their minds over toilet paper? We don't, we don't, yeah. we don't even use toilet paper anymore. Yeah, I think, we use bidets. Yeah. Yeah, bidet, bidets in Europe are a big thing anyways. Oh yeah, that's the, because that's where it like squirts water like at your ass. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're, they're big over in Europe and other countries. So I'm sure in some of those countries, they're not really, theirs isn't pa toilet paper. Theirs might be something like meat, like, because even meat is hard to find right now. And it's, it's just that panic buying. And I think it's because we are really rocked right now. Our society hasn't seen anything like this. Yes, we've, we know the flu pandemic, but this is something that we're, we've never come across as a human. And none of us have immunities to it because we've never seen it. And so it's kind of got everybody on edge, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see because um, I don't, you know, I I kind of pick and choose what I watch and uh, in terms of news and of course I think the big thing right now is they're 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 trying to figure out this whole what stimulus package right like how to yeah. boost the economy back and yes. um, maybe you can educate me on this because I don't really understand how we're able to do that when we have a national debt. Yeah, we can do it because we still have money. You know, there, we have a national debt, but there is emergency funds in our government for such different things. And they're going to just, we'll pay it back. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, nothing's free. And so we'll, it will come back to us somehow, Eddie. But uh, there's, there's, there, the government has certain ways to, to move money around. And also they have certain funds for such emergencies. And this emergency we've just never seen because I've never had a stimulus package check in my life of my remembrance. And I don't think there has been one ever. Yeah. You know, this is something 3 trillion, I think. I think so. Yeah. That or yeah. Yeah. two or 3 trillion, which is geez. And then, and then it's funny because uh, like certain like governors are like going to get, or like they're, they're, they're talking about how much their state is going to get. And uh, uh, like, I think New York's going to get two or 3 billion and then they're not happy with that. They're like, that's like a drop in the, in, in, in the bucket compared to what we should be getting. 
Yeah. And uh, it's like, wow, $2 billion, and that's not enough. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but, you know, to me, $2 billion is that's a lot of money. Well, yeah, to, to a common person or, you know, to you and I, you know, $2 billion is everything, a million, uh, you know, 10000 you know, is, is give me 10 you know, that would be great. So, yeah, it's hard for us to think in those type of almost infinite numbers even though they're finite but they almost feel infinite because it's hard to wrap your brain around that amount yeah you know? yeah and i don't you know like i said i don't really understand it and uh um but like like you said you know it it, it makes sense that we're definitely going to pay it back somehow like how do you think we're going to pay like what there's going to be a higher tax rate or something yeah i think that it will just come back somehow in some kind of tax some kind of tax bracket that's tucked in some place to where you don't even really realize it you know like most taxes you know it just you'll get taxed somehow some way you know it'll it'll get you some way i don't think they're just going to give twelve hundred dollars to each person and not expect something back in some time you know that's my thought i don't know though that much either because who knows I, i i'm not educated myself that way with the federal government of its workings, you know, I know some, and I know how we have three branches and that kind of stuff. But other than that, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure, Eddie. Yeah. It's, it's all going to be, like I said, it's all going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds that like, that's like, we know what is going on now and we know that it's just continuously going to supposedly quote unquote, get worse. And then it's yeah. the real yeah. interesting thing is going to be the, the 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 finale of this pandemic what's the finale look like that's what i'm really interested in i'm not necessarily interested in it just spreading because i mean that's obvious like we know it's going to spread and it's going to affect so many people what's it going to look like at the end that's that's what i'm most curious about and i think that's one of the things that's got people also kind of on on uneasy because in any other natural disaster or any other time of great turmoil in our history such as let's just take a hurricane for example the weather will the weatherman will tell you and these towns that are going to be effective know for quite some time and so they start preparing and they're boarding up their houses and their businesses and they're moving out of places that they should and it comes through and it wipes everything out and everybody's devastated and upset and but yet they can rebuild and the damage is done and then they can evaluate what has happened. Okay, I lost this, I lost this, I didn't lose this, oh, I'm grateful for this. And then we can rebuild and we know and we move on. With this, Eddie, there's no end in sight right now. There's no, when do we rebuild? What's next? And that's what's got everybody on edge as well because of that uneasiness. We want some normalcy in our life. That's the way it is. People want rules. Like it or not, children want rules. They want to be told things to do, and so do adults. And we we kind of need to be told, what do we do next? Because there's no end. And the specialists and the experts, or so-called experts, which, you know, is another topic, could are not letting, you know, because they don't know. And so it's it's uneasy, I think, and that's one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're getting at the whole, you know, like, like how I feel about experts. And, 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 and I think you might share that same sentiment that really, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I feel that sentiment, because I think that somebody can be an expert in a topic, but I think the term gets thrown around too easily. Maybe. Yes, yes. You know, maybe that's what it is, because I, you know, I could be really good at one thing, but I don't know if 
it really makes me an expert in it. But I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But uh, the people that know more than I do right now don't have the answers. And so that's what's making us humans and our society uneasy because they're like, okay, well, when do we rebuild? When do we take the boards off our windows? You know, like, you know, in the hurricane analogy, when do we do that? And so here we are with our boards on our windows still saying, okay, um, when's what's going on? And some people are like, I don't feel the hurricane. So I don't, I don't think there really is one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's it's, a, it's, that's a great point you made there because I mean, it's in Florida for sure. And I think Florida is, um, from, from my understanding, Florida is one of the, uh, least affected. Like we have, obviously we have cases here and it's, and it's rising, but I think in terms of like, you know, New York, California, uh, those, yeah, it's like, worse than New York where I am. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think it is that point you made of it's, it's, we don't see it. Like, I mean, I, I, I see it when I go out in terms of, you know, businesses are closed down and, and it's really hard to, uh, uh, miss that stuff, but I don't know anybody personally yet and knock right. on wood, I don't know anybody right. yet affected by it. So it is sort of like that out of sight, out of mind thing. Right. And, and if we do it correctly, if we do it correctly, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And hopefully that's what it is. And I think people people don't understand that either. They're like, well, wait a minute. When does this happen? When? And it's like, oh, wait, you're missing the whole point. If we do this right as a society, you shouldn't feel any difference. You should have said, wait a minute. So I just sat home for how many months and nothing happened? Yes. That was the whole point of this. Yeah, but that's the, I mean, it's such a funny thing because on one hand, I'm feeling it. And they're like, when I wake up, I will be uh, uh, like 100% completely honest. I have to, I have to get out of the house like somehow. So I, so yeah, usually you can go outside. They're not telling you to not go outside. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are taking it like, oh my God, I cannot leave my house. No, no, no. You can, right. you can right. leave your house. And that's what I do. Right. I'll leave my house. I'll stay in my car. I tried to go to a park the other day and they closed that down and I was going to just walk the trail and I was figuring no one would be around and I can't do that. So that sucked. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's really the social distancing. That's the, the like that's the whole point of what we're trying to accomplish here. And something right. something that I wanted to bring up now that we're talking about this is the story that you shared on your most recent episode, I think, of uh, your show where you were going to go get glasses at a place that was infected. Yes, yes. I recently had to go get eyeglasses, and I I turned fifty. I made that big, huge. I am century. I made it. I can't believe it, but, um, yes, let me, uh, really quickly just say happy birthday. Cause I didn't get to, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. March 16th. I'm a March baby. And, um, I, so with age comes downfalls and I needed to get bifocals and cause I was playing musical glasses. I was playing, well, here's my driving glasses. Here's my reading glasses. And I'm going back and forth. And so to not draw the story out, I, decided to use this place that's near me instead of a place that I usually go to. Same, same company. America's best is the name of it, where you see the commercials with the owl and you get two pairs for glasses. So I, I call the store that's local to me and I say, Hey, I usually go to the one out in Syracuse, but can I come to you? They said, yeah, absolutely. So I get my glasses, I order them all. And then this pandemic comes. And so now I call the store and I'm like, well, when can I get my glasses? And they said, you can come get them now, but you have to, we'll put them outside the door on a chair. And if you need them adjusted, you'll have to come back once we open and we don't know when that will be. 
And I'm like, okay. So I get my glasses. That very day or the very next day, we find out the store that I would have went to normally to get my glasses. There was a patient or a, a customer there that had the coronavirus. And I would have been there at the same time and would have been in the same area at the same time. And I was like, I couldn't believe how lucky I got in those chances of just changing the store of where I went to get glasses. And I was felt very fortunate, very fortunate. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I was yeah. uh, uh, when that episode came out, usually I'll um, usually within a couple hours, I'll check it out. And uh, uh, I was sitting in my car doing the like the thing I was ten like telling you about where I just had to get out of the house. And I was just yeah relaxing in my car, windows down, no one around. And I was playing that episode. And I was like, Honestly, I was captivated. I was, wow, Patrick. No. I got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I felt lucky about that. And, and it's weird because the the past couple of times I've had to go out to my out in my community to get things because I we still need a couple of supplies. You know, I we we have plenty, but there's been a, I had to go get a prescription the other day because, like I said, with age comes freaking prescriptions and bifocals and all that stuff. So I went to go get a prescription the other day. And when I went, I felt like it was the 28 days later or the day after tomorrow. And the, the roads were really pretty barren. Now, mind you, the city I live in only has about 18,000 people in this city. But it felt really dead, more, more dead than not. And then when I'm going into Walmart, I'm like walking like everybody's going to bite me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like let me pretend everybody's a zombie. And so I was like getting away from everybody. And it felt really bizarre because I'm a really social person in the sense that I like people. I like to hug people. I like to touch, interact with people, all that stuff. And now, you know, you're not supposed to do that stuff. And it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. If, if, if you're someone like that, I mean, me, I, you know, I'll, Usually I was doing the fist bump and now it's sort of uh, the, the, the elbow bump if you have to, cause you know, yeah. certain people you just, you know, you, you don't want to make them feel like you don't care. So you have to, it is weird. It's so weird. The whole touching, like you have to really separate that, that ideology of this is something that is supposed to represent. I care about you. I respect you. And yeah. I mean, people think that if you just nod at someone, that doesn't like that's not good enough and honestly it is like just like, like nod at them just nod yeah i wonder <laughs> though i wonder though if it is because we are such a social creature you know what i mean because we are still just animals eddie and i wonder if it if it's is it tradition does it harken back to tradition or does it harken back to something deeper is it something primal is it something that we have that like if you were to be isolated from somebody we know what happens they they've done studies of people and stuff and it's you lose your mind without physical human contact without touch is very difficult so i wonder is it you know is it once again something primal in us maybe potentially yeah potentially i mean it all goes back to you know times that we really can't even comprehend and and um yeah i'm sure I'm and, and some sometimes like those things are like on a, a subconscious uh, done on a subconscious level you know so it's not even known that we're doing it but it could be it and that's why i was wondering if there could be some repercussions from this too because if we start taking away where we're not doing that that social interaction what's gonna what happens then with our with our you know how do we connect then you know what i mean 
Yeah, I it do. Makes me think, it just makes me think. It's there's no answer. There's no answer. It's just one of those, huh? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, look, we've uh, we've talked about uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, yeah quite extensively so um we'll get off and uh we'll talk about some positivity because i'm sure people tuning in are like all right all right yep COVID 19 COVID, yeah, yeah COVID i am so sick of, I'm, I'm really i'm tired of talking about but it is important but i'm tired of it yeah so um uh what because when we talked the first time i think it was uh, you know definitely going on i i social distancing was definitely something that you had to do but um in terms of that like what are like, what are you doing to kind of remain productive, creative? I mean, obviously you do the podcast, but are you, is that maybe potentially why you decided to open it up to interviews on, on, I think one of the show? reasons, yeah, yeah, one of the reasons, and that I had some of my listeners telling me, you know, you used to do seven days a week, then you did five days a week, then three days a week. Now it's only two days a week. I'd like, I'd like to hear from you more. And I'm like, well, it's difficult sometimes to, so I'm like, okay, well, what could I do? I could, I had a, I, I've done some interviews in the past and I really enjoyed it. And I really decided, let me start putting some feelers out there and see who might be interested in being on the show. And so, yeah, I think I'm doing that. I did some, some working out with some uh, bands today, those restriction bands like workout bands did some of those gotcha. just to kind of keep active. And um, I was going to play Stratego with my wife, but we didn't do that, but I love playing Stratego, but no, we've been kind of cooped up a little bit like everybody, but the weather's getting nicer here in upstate New York. So being that I am in a small city, we'll be able to go out and take a walk and not be able to uh, come in contact with anybody. So that will be nice. So I'm looking forward to that and woodworking. I like to woodwork. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I have quite a bit of hobbies now that I'm sober. I think that one of the um, good advice that I got when I was in rehab from one of the old timers that had a bunch of years of sobriety under his belt said, Patrick, pick up a bunch of hobbies, invest in those hobbies, you know, get them. And then when you're bored, put them in your garage, put them aside. And then when you're ready to pick them up again, they're there. Or if you got a buddy that says, hey, I need a fishing pole. You're like, I got one. Hey, I want to go drive a remote control car i got one hey if you want it i got one you know and then that way you have it because all those years of drinking i had nothing to show for it i yes. threw it all away so please so 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 please expand on that because that's definitely something we i remember talking about and i think yeah, that's a, yeah. that, that's a great story yeah in my years right now my over just over four years of sobriety i've saved over fifty thousand dollars of cash of not drinking and my alcohol or my drug of choice was alcohol and it was beer but over fifty thousand dollars in just over four years i've saved and so with that money that i've saved i i've decided to invest in hobbies and so i bought myself a drone i bought myself some nice woodworking equipment and all those type of things and then when i get bored of them i just put them aside and then when I want them, there, there they are. Whereas, like I said, all those years before of alcohol, nothing to show for it except for empty cans and uh, broken dreams and that kind of stuff. I just, I had an epiphany about getting sober and it was just one night. Nobody said to me, you know, this is enough. My wife didn't say this is enough. My daughters didn't say this is enough. I didn't have the court telling me or anything. I just... One night I was deep into my drinking and looked at the can of beer I was drinking and I'm like, what am I doing? What? 
am I doing? And so I picked up my phone and I thought I was calling um, AA. And I was so drunk, I called someplace that was called Aid and Recovery. And they said, oh, well, we're not AA, but we can help you. Do you have insurance? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and they're like, okay, give us some information and da da da. And to try to make, to try to, to try to not make a short story long, I'm trying not to make this too long. <laughs> um, I ended up giving them my information and then they said, great, uh, we can get you out here to sunny Southern California in, in two days. And I, it was that quick. And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, I'm recoiling and going, whoa, wait a minute. This is kind of happening too fast. I, uh, wow. So my wife got home from work and my wife's a nurse of 30 years. And I told her, hey, I need a, I need a ride to the airport tomorrow. I'm going to uh, Syracuse. And she's like, for what do you need to go to the airport in Syracuse for? And I'm like, because I'm going to rehab in California. And she just kind of like tears of joy. You know, she was just so happy that I made that decision. And so I went and I did three months because it took so long for me to become an alcoholic. I needed longer than 30 days to get sober. So I took three months and um, I haven't had a drink since. I haven't had a, anything touch my lips since. So I'm really like that 3%. I'm in a very, very small, small category and group of people that have been able to remain sober. And uh, I had one of my um, therapists and told me in rehab, I think you're going to make it. I think you're going to be that 3% who doesn't drink. I really think you, there's something with you. And so I've been fortunate, knock on wood, Eddie, that uh, I've been able to today beat it. Because it's every. It's just for today. Because just because I have four years doesn't mean I'm not an alcoholic and I could drink in two hours, you know. So right now I haven't, I've chose not to. And that's what makes me happy. That's awesome. And, uh, you had the, um, uh, this app, what was the app called? The app I use is called sober grid and sober grid is a good app that you can use to put in your sobriety date. You could also put in the amount of money you think you spent and the amount of time hours you spent drinking and that'll calculate it for you. It also gives you like badges of 30 days sober, uh, six months sober keystone, parts for somebody that is in recovery and it's a good it's just like facebook but for a group of people that are like-minded that are and it's not just for alcohol it's for any substance abuse that you might be um suffering from or battling from they also have a, a spot where you can put burning desire so if you feel like you're going to use and you need somebody to talk to you push this and people users themselves will reach out to you and give you that encouragement or those words that you need to might maybe get you through that dark part you might be going through. So yeah, Sober Grid is the name of it. And how do you spell it? Sober Grid? Yes, G-R-I-D, Grid, okay. Sober Grid. Yeah, that's that sounds like an awesome app. And uh, I have to imagine that people right now that uh, again, like I'm like I'm like we're not going to dive into it, but uh, with all what's going on right now, I would imagine there's probably a lot of people cooped up, and they're probably thinking hmm. they can't go to meetings. Yeah, you they know what I mean. Meetings. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people really need their meetings, Eddie. They need to go. There's some alcoholics out there that will go to two meetings a day, or a meeting a day they go to, and they need it. And so I feel for those those in recovery right now that need that. Um, so yeah, hopefully they can find that 
solace knowing that there is some people out there that will like minded that they can feel not alone. Yeah. What like what do you, uh, so so besides the app because that's a really good um that's a really good one. Like what else do you think is a uh, like maybe some potential methods if someone is a struggling alcoholic and this particular time is making it really hard for them to go to those meetings. Like what else could they potentially do? Well, the first thing it sounds so. Cl- so cliche but it really is true you have to want it yourself and you have to admit you have a problem it's all if if, if you're just like i said if a judge is telling you if your spouse is telling you if your buddy's telling you you're not going to want to hear it you're going to put up those natural guards because nobody wants to hear stuff that's bad about you you don't want to hear it so you, you have to want it yourself and then when you want it and make that decision you have to commit to it and the best part about it is it's given me a sense of control and it sounds really weird because it's like whoa wait a minute control because there's so many things in my life that i just can't control eddie i just can't control i can't control bills i can't control the weather i can't control you know you can't control people you just you can't control it but one thing i can control right now is my drinking because i'm making that choice and that gives me that sense of freedom that i've never had where before i felt a prisoner of it now i feel a conqueror of it. And I, I don't get, I don't feel like I get any stronger. It just, I don't know. It just gets, it doesn't get any easier. I get stronger, I guess, you know, it just is how it is. Cause there's some days that it's difficult, but I think that anybody struggling um, right now, even though there is no place to physically go out, sober grid would be a good place, but there's also some phone numbers to call and I have some, but I, it wouldn't take me a second to root around and find numbers. Everybody's got Google nowadays, but there is some numbers that you can call that will help you in those times of need. And I think that talking is key anyways. And I think that talking is the key to a lot of things of educating ourselves. Education is the key. It's basically yeah. everything. Yeah. You have to, um, you have to really find those, uh, I, I say it a lot, you have to find something that you look forward to. So find something yeah. that is positive that, you know, it, it, so if you're an alcoholic, the thing that you're probably looking forward to is your next beer. So that's not a good thing. So find right. something else that is good, that is productive to look forward to and, and substitute it for that. So instead of taking right. that drink, be like, okay, now this is when I would have had my drink in, in place of it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do this. And yeah. I think that, uh, I think that'll definitely help, but I love what you said where it's, you have to, obviously you have to want it, but it's that, it's that, it's that differentiation between realizing that you yourself, when you are an alcoholic, you are a prisoner. So you don't have a free choice. You are literally stuck and you have to make that that's like, you have to flip the switch of going, all right, now I'm going to make the choice. Do I yeah. want to keep doing this or do I want to get better? And when you get better, you yourself are in control of your own destiny. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but I mean, that's like, there's no, a power in that. True. Don't you want, yeah. like, don't you want the, the, the power of choice? Like that's the, I think that's really cool what you said there. Yeah, thank you. I, and if your listeners have a pen, I do have that number, and I think it's important, and I would like to share it if you would yeah, wouldn't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I have that number. It's 1-800-662-HELP. 1-800-662-4357. It's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health 
service line. So maybe you're struggling with a substance abuse or maybe you're having some underlining mental health issues because usually those both go hand in hand. And along with that number is a really important number, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And uh, those are two really important numbers to have on a fridge. I think that way a family member, a loved one, one of your buddies, anything that you can help and reach out and say, hey, I got a number for you to call. And now, now what happens when you call one of these numbers? Do you get a, like a human instantly, or do you have to go through a fucking robot? <laughs> no, anytime. Well, I don't run these. I'm not affiliated with these numbers, so I can't speak for these numbers. But when I called the, uh, I believe the substance abuse hotline was one of the ones that I called before and I got a person right away and a suicide prevention hotline, I would assume is going to answer right away because the last thing you want to do is be put on hold if you're in that dark moment. There is a number though that they are talking about having a three digit number for suicide. And I, I, I wanted to say it was 977, but I don't know if that's gone national yet. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's good to know that you call and, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to make jokes and, you know, make light about it, but I mean, can you imagine if you were in that, in like in that mindset and then you, you have that little bit of, uh, whatever it is to be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm feeling it. I'm going to call this number and then you call it. And then all of a sudden you just get, hi, welcome to the suicide prevention line. And it's like, what? It's like, no, like that's like it. If it is that way, it shouldn't be that way. It should be where you call it and instantly someone picks up. Yeah, and I would assume it does. Like I said, I'm not affiliated with those. I just wanted to share those numbers. I've shared them on my podcast more than once. And uh, even if it reaches one person and they they get something out of it, I hope that they you know can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm and I'm I'm positive that somebody listening to it, or maybe that knows somebody. So I mean, obviously these are like Patrick said, you Google this stuff, but. Um, I think there's a real power and a real uh, beauty in hearing it from another human. So that's the difference. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the relatability, uh, yeah, the relatability is, is, is key, I think. Yeah. 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 I, it's helped. I think sobriety has been a good gift. I, I'm lucky too, cause I can still be around alcohol and I can be, I was going to ask, like, do you have yeah, like, no problem. Like, like, but you don't have urges. You don't like, you don't want to go over and, and, and pop a blue moon open. No, at first, at first I had those urges the first couple of years, but now I'm over four and a half years or a little over four years, I should say. And no, I mean, there's times I still do think about every once in a while that if I'm really feeling depressed or whatever, that I just wouldn't mind drinking again. And then it goes away almost as as soon as it came in. It, it almost looks like I'm looking at a, an old photograph of myself when I think about drinking where it's like, huh, I barely remember that, huh? But here's a picture of it. I guess I was there, but I don't remember it that much. That's how I feel about drinking in the sense where I don't even think of myself as a drinker now because I can't imagine drinking. It just feels ugh to me, which is weird because before I loved it. I mean, that, well, I don't know if I loved it. It helped me. It was, it was a self-medicating thing for me because over 25 years ago, I was diagnosed as having bipolar. And so I, I self-medicated at a very, very young age, at about 13 years old, I started smoking cigarettes and using substances. And so I think that it went hand in hand, hence me sharing that one number 
substance abuse and mental health because they can both go hand in hand a lot of times. Why do you think, um, because I drink and, um, you know, I don't do it, you know, very frequently, but why do you think someone like me can do it and I don't get addicted to it, but someone, and I'm not trying to, you know, pinpoint, but someone like you drinks and gets addicted to it? Because, because for, for one, you have to believe that it's a disease. And I truly do believe that alcoholism is a disease and it affects certain people a certain different way. And so there's plenty of people that can go out and be exactly like yourself and drink and never, ever have a problem with it. And you can excessive drink and still never have a problem with it because you're not having that chemical problem part in you that is wired in you that gives you that. It's the same way was, why do I have bipolar and you don't? Why, you know, it's because my brain, I don't produce the same amount of serotonin level as you do in your brain. And that gives me this chemical imbalance that I have. And so, yeah, I think that that would be the reason uh, in a scientific type sense is what the scientists say is that it's because it's a disorder and a disease and you just aren't afflicted with it, fortunately. Man. Yeah, because I, I couldn't imagine, and uh, like I, I really do feel like I have avoided a lot of stuff. Like I don't have, as far as I know, any underlying kind of things. I mean, of course, I, I feel like we all, um, uh, we all kind of, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to think here? We all kind of uh, self-diagnose ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> and I think so. you know what I mean. Like I'll be like, I might have this real down day, and I'll be like, oh man, I guess I'm depressed. But like. I don't really feel like I am truly depressed because I have the ability to kind of instantly snap out of it. Yes. And you would know a chronic depression, clinical depression or bipolar depression or anything like that. You're going to know it's not just a down day. It's different. It's different than a down day It is a down day on the 10th power. You know, it's different. And so somebody that's never been afflicted with this can't relate because you can't all of a sudden catch bipolar. You don't just get it and say, oh, well, today I think I felt a little bipolar. It was like, no, I just was really effing depressed today. And people can have those depressions. Whereas somebody that has bipolar depression, it's like, okay, this depression has hit me 10 times harder. One of the ways I like to describe it is we have, uh, cars have bumpers, right? And that bumper helps to absorb a low impact energy crash. So if it's under five miles per hour, there's not going to be any damage to the car and you're not even going to notice any damage to the bumper either. So it's going to be fine. So let's take our brains and use that analogy as well. And so let's say serotonin creates this bumper on your brain. And so Eddie gets this news and Patrick gets this news and they're the same news. It's the same news. And I'm going to tighten it's bad news. And Eddie's going to take it one way, even though it's this news, and I'm going to take it a total different way because my bumper has been removed. So when you take the news, there's something there to absorb that. There's something there to all of a sudden process it, break it down, have reason where you're like, you start a process. There's, okay, it's not that bad. This is because of this. It's because of this. It's because of this. So you have a process. Now that same bit is told to me. And since I don't have that bumper, it's crash. There is no gray. It's either black or it's white and it's bad, you know, or it's really good because in a manic state, all of a sudden you're invincible. I have the greatest ideas and I'm the greatest whatever. So it's, it's, it's a very, very bizarre 
bizarre place to be when you're in a throes of a depression of true depression because it's it's hard it's harder than just going man i feel shitty today yeah and that's the that's the real cruelty of life is and uh i know a lot of people probably are like oh well if there's a god why is there mass shootings if there's a god why do people have disorders if there's a god like and then you get into that and you but i mean we'll never know the answer to that i mean maybe maybe i believe that life itself is a test and then at the end you you know you either pass or you fail but either way you're still going to find out hopefully all the answers like all the questions we have maybe at the end of this journey we'll get those answers um yeah there's an there's an oh i'm sorry go ahead oh no no um i was just going to say that uh you know it, it 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 feels cruel. It feels cruel that there are mass shootings. It feels cruel that there's COVID-19. It feels cruel that people have disorders and, and diseases, but there's, there's also with, with cruelty comes the ability to overcome anything. And, um, that's that, that's really where if the creator of whoever, like whoever created us put that in there because he feels, or they, she, whatever, probably something that is beyond even the the words we use um they put it in there because that's part of the journey that's part of when you realize that you can overcome it and then you do overcome it there's this incredible high that you're on and then you can pass along your your knowledge and your expertise because i mean if you really think about it if if there was nothing that that caused conflict in life I mean, we all want it, but I mean, if you really think about it, it's almost, it's almost too perfect. It's almost like, it's almost like you need peaks and valleys in life to, to, to sound kind of bad to, 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 to make it interesting. You know what I mean? Oh, no, you do. You're absolutely onto something. You need to know sorrow to know joy and you need to know joy to know sorrow. You know, you do. And, and it's funny when you say it's almost like you choose or what we choose there's an an old irish belief that you choose your life trials you choose all the tribulations and all the things that you're going to have to overcome in your life before you're born and you choose all those things of what is going to challenge you and what is going to challenge you the most so you can overcome it and it's a it's an old belief i like it though i like it yeah Uh, it's what you said it's irish Yes. Irish. Are you Irish? Irish. What's that? Are Are you Irish? I am. Nice. Like like a hundred percent. No, no. Irish and English. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I yeah. I mean I honestly don't know what I am. I feel bad when I say that because people are like like people live like uh, about who they are and everything, and I'm just over here going. I think I'm. It doesn't matter though, right? It doesn't really matter. I no. mean, I I only know from my family, and then I did the ancestry thing. But um, it doesn't really matter. I think you know. I if it doesn't matter to you, then nah. You know what? You gotta be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. That's Doctor Seuss. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of Doctor Seuss, I think uh, I think I've heard that quote, but the one that I love um is uh, one of the classic ones is uh, you have to be odd to be or no, what is it to. To be number one, you there have you to go. Be odd. Thank you. Yes, to be number one, you have to be odd. I love that. Yeah, um, Doctor Seuss was fantastic. He was. He was. Um, uh, before we go off on like some of those things, uh, the uh, um, speaking on like I don't know what I am. 
it's partly by choice because I feel like uh, there's so many reasons why we have conflict in the world. And I think a lot of those reasons, whether it's insanely huge stuff that you would see on the news or tiny little personal things that can tear apart a friendship or a family shit, like, like anything is the fact that we disagree on, or we get offended or, or, uh, I had a perfect, like a, like a friend that, um, is so insanely proud of where she came from. And that's great. I'm not saying you can't be proud, but I would like crack jokes about it. And you would think I like went up to her cousin and slapped her in the face. Like, but I'm just making jokes. And I think that if we could really realize that, yes, you might be Irish. Yes, that person might be Brazilian. Yes, they might be from Japan, Japanese. We're really all just the human race. Like that's yep. that, that's really what we are. I really wish we could all just identify as uh, one species. And then I think you would be on the road to really fixing, like I said, little tiny minute things that might tear yeah. apart a friendship and really insanely large things that might tear apart a, like a, like a country. And yeah. I think that's one of the big problems in life. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, but no, I agree. I think I would be nifty if you could meet people like you do on the voice. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, the, sh the show, the voice, if you could meet people like that, where you didn't see them, you just heard them. And yes. Oh my God. I love that. Because, idea. You know, they've done experiments where that, where they put people in a dark room, you know, a blackened room and have people sit at a table that would never, ever sit at a table and talk to one another ever. And then when the lights are turned on, they can't believe who they've sat with. They can't believe how much they have in common. And it was all because they were in the dark. Oh, man, I love that idea. But I yeah. honestly, I do love um, I don't watch it, but uh, I do love the concept of that show. Now, of course, like that's assuming that it is 100 percent the way I see it on TV. I like I'm sure there's probably uh, producers that have to, you know, look at them and go, hmm, yes, you look like a good fit. You know what I mean? Um, maybe yeah i don't know supposedly not supposedly not you just audition and that's the first yeah like, i don't think that's the first audition and i only say that because i actually auditioned for america's got talent um Ooh, cool yeah when i was doing the magic thing when i was really into magic and um i think the way I they love magic oh it's so fun i mean i still love doing it the the most recent episode i released of the podcast today is with a, a mentalist of my like a like a friend that is a professional mentalist and i can't I can't say it because I, I actually signed something in that episode where he was like, you can't talk about this until it comes out. But he was, he recently did something so insanely cool. And, um, when I promoted the the episode, I was like, this guy's going to explode in a, in a few months. Trust me when I say this. And he's, he's coming back on to do a follow-up when that, uh, when that happens. So, um, but for America's Got Talent, I think a lot of people think what you see on TV is that's the way it is. You just go up in front of Howie Mandel, Simon Cowell, all these people Right. And it's not you. You have to go through. It's called a producer audition. And I yeah. basically had to wait. This was when they were auditioning in Tampa. I had to wait five plus hours. And thankfully, I had my buddy with me. So he kept me sane. But like five plus hours just waiting around for my name, like my number to be called. And then uh, when I got into the audition room and I did my thing, it was literally a giant room with one person and a, and a little dopey camera pointed. You know, I yeah towards me i did my thing walked out never heard from them again which i mean it's okay i mean it's whatever but i think so many people just think you just walk right up and there's howie mandel no it's not like that's not the way it works yeah i i i 
wasn't under the impression of that illusion because I just feel like I analyze things so much, Eddie, that I can, in my mind, I am always thinking about the man behind the curtain. So I know, I look at things and I'll say to my wife, I'm like, oh, that was just edited. That's not what they, that was edited from that part or that was this. And so, yeah, I, I, that illusion, I knew that you had to go through certain steps to even before you're getting in front of those four judges. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think, I think by the time you get in front of the four judges, you've potentially gone through two or three previous auditions. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So, I mean, it's cool. Like, like if you get there, I mean, you've already gotten pretty far, but um, I wonder if the voice kind of functions the same way. It, it would be so cool if literally anybody just walks in, but really you think about it, like the logistics, you have to kind of whittle down because they would just be oversaturated and, and freaking yeah. Adam Levine doesn't want to sit there for, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, what other shows do you watch? Like, do you watch, um, like, are you more of a scripted show guy or do you like watching reality? Uh, no, we watch a lot of crime shows. My wife really likes ID, the uh, best, what is it? The ID station. Okay. Investigate, investigative discovery. Yeah. And so it's a lot of true crime shows that we watch. Um, I watch a lot of, I like a lot of nature shows, a lot of history. I love history. Um, so yeah. And then news, we have news on our house a lot as okay. well. Very interesting. Do you watch, um, uh, cause I don't really watch a whole lot of television, but I do know that we both love, uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah. I'm still a video gamer too. I love playing video games and I have been playing ever since Pong. Pong was my very first game memory. And then we got a Atari. And I remember that, but I still video game it in Twilight Zone. Yeah, that was awesome. My my parents, friends of mine who lived right down the street from me, um, he, he their their friend went to school with Rod Sterling. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Does he speak highly of him, or like, do, like does he have good memories? Uh, I was young when he told me that, and I don't remember. I, I think it just was, yeah, I went to school and he was cool, and that was about it. He said he was a little guy, not a very big guy. Uh, it's... In stature, in stature size, you know what I mean? But yeah, he said that he went to school with him and stuff, so that was, that's kind of neat. Oh, that is so cool. It's so, uh, I I love the ability, like, I love that we have the ability to, um, uh, know that other people existed, right? So I love that, we, yeah. like that, and and according to time and 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 whatnot, their their status can change. So obviously, Rod Serling is a legend in his time. He is he is this insanely influential figure. Yet it's so funny. Nine times out of ten, you'll hear that during it, no one gave two shits about the person. And right. you know what I mean? Only after death and only after so much time has passed, do we really realize, oh, wow, that person was a treasure and we probably should have treated them like that. And yeah, that happens a lot, though. That happens a lot with people that are, you know, it's not, we don't realize so they're gone. Like Bob Marley's made more money dead than he ever did alive. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. That's so strange. And it's, again, it's part of this human journey and it's it's a shame we're like that, but I would love, like, I think honestly, if I had to pick, I mean, there's a lot of people I would love to be able to go back and, and interact with, but I mean, I think Rod Serling, and honestly, it's really because of, and even in interviews, because I was wondering, um, I was wondering, is Rod Serling the same person during like an interview as he is when he's introducing an episode of the Twilight Zone where he's very, 
uh he's very particular he never goes um he never goes uh you know what i mean it's all very right right and yeah he is he's very he's very much the same i mean he and of course he has one of the most distinct voices in all of voice like yeah. just the like i love trying to emulate it i love trying to <laughs> to date or no hold on hold on I'm, I'm i'm overthinking it it's uh uh i'm trying to think of like how he would introduce something he would go picture if you will a moment in time like it's just it's so like how do you greatest, it's yeah. so good it's like how did he stumble across that i wonder if he worked on it a little bit and that's why i really hope um i reached out to his daughter and serling and uh, i'm trying to get her on the podcast because i would love to ask these questions and that um, would be groovy I'm, i used to play around with voices too that's fun that you do that that's fun i used to do way back in the day before uh cell phones were out and just regular phones and it was before caller id me and my buddies would all get together and sit around in a circle and i would prank call people and uh pretend i was a radio dj okay so what is um and thank you for reminding me of that because i wanted to tell you who you remind me that you sound like um but uh before we get to that like what's a what do you think is your strongest in terms of um sounding like the person voice I can't, I don't think I can emulate anybody's voice. I, I have never done that, but I can do like a, a cheesy 90 or 80s radio dude, like a radio DJ guy from the 80s. Okay. All right. So we're going to put a pause here and try it. Hey, this is Hit Radio WKFM. If you can name the job song this week, you win a free week at Kelly's Fitness Center. Hi, what's your name? Oh my God. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> it's Even... so cheesy. It's so cheesy. So I would do that and people would be like, Oh, I don't, Oh boy. Oh, hold on. Hey, Glenn, Glenn, what's the word of today? <laughs> be like, you know, it just, it was so fun and it was all harmless because I wasn't never malicious or anything. And whatever they said, the song was, I would be like, Oh, I'm sorry. It was Michael Jackson's beat it. But what's your favorite radio station? And then they'd be like, um, I don't know, what'd you say it was? Hit Radio WKFM, which was totally made up. There was nothing like that. There was no Kelly's Fitness Center. There was no radio station with those tall letters that I knew of or anything like that. And it was just fun. And I would get people. And then every once in a while, I'd tell them they won. And they'd be like, I won, I won. I'd be like, yep, I just need your address, blah, blah, blah. And I'd tell them it's going to be in the mail any day. And so all I could picture was people looking for it in the mail. So I said, I can't do that anymore because I don't want it to be malicious. But there was one time I did the Jerky Boys. Do you remember the Jerky Boys? Is that like a parody of the Jersey Boys? Um, nope. The Jerky Boys were a guy, two dudes that would prank call people. And it was an underground recording that ended up becoming famous. And uh, he would do voice. The two of the dudes would do voices. And one of them was Saul Rosenberg. And I would do that voice too. And that's, this is Saul Rosenberg's kind of like this. Oh, hello. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is Saul Rosenberg. Oh, I really did it this time. And I'm, I'm in a real pickle. And oh that was God. Saul Rosenberg. And so and it was those guys, the jerky boys, and they were very crude and rude, but funny, funny stuff. Dang. Yeah. I, um, I'm not familiar with that, but I am familiar with, uh, I mean, obviously you're not, kind of pinpointing anyone but i am like when like the second you did that uh kind of cheesy 80s dj guy yeah, yeah oh man it just brings back just <laughs> memories of hearing that like even like in a movie yeah. or something and right um 
I want to do that though. You know, I, right. I want to, I want to be a, a voice guy. I, 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 I could have a good opportunity with Carpe, a company that I recently shot a commercial for. And um, I'm hoping that I could become their sound guy for their commercials for radio. That would be groovy. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. Yeah. That's, um, uh, uh, you, uh, filmed a commercial for them that could potentially be airing, uh, during the Super Bowl coming up. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't kidding. Those guys have big dreams and they want to, they have goals to have it for February, 2021 for the Super Bowl to be aired in that. And they flew me out there. They took me out to lunch and it was just a great meeting, a good group of young guys that started this company that um is really making a difference for me it's i have hyperhidrosis which just means i sweat too damn much and um this product works it's just an underarm product that you can work but they have a whole line of products besides underarm and it works and i was fortunate enough to go shoot that commercial for them and and have that opportunity and when i was talking to them i said i would love to be your voice for for carpe and they they were down they were like you know that sounds we're down we're down so i've been staying on top of them as i keep poking them i keep poking them as so they won't forget me yeah right that you have to do that sometimes and uh you yeah have to be like you hey do. don't forget i'm still here we did collaborate the, but just don't yeah. forget <laughs> the squeak the squeaky wheel gets the grease yeah it's very true oh that would be so cool if i uh if i uh had someone that was in a Super Bowl commercial on the podcast. That would be Wouldn't that be groovy? It would be groovy for me too. I would I would love it. Hell yeah. Awesome. I like I really hope that uh that plays out. And uh I thought that's who because you tuned into my live stream. I thought that's who you were interviewing, but uh is that is that coming up here at all or actually I talked I talked to uh Casper this morning and they just started a podcast this themselves called Let's Talk About Sweat. And all they have is a trailer out but Casper explained to me that they wanted to get a couple episodes out under their belt, get their podcast out a little bit before they came over to mine because they want to practice podcasting because they haven't podcasted as long as I have. And they said, but we want to be your, you know, the first time we talk to somebody with you. So I'm down for that. And I told them, take your time, Casper. I'm, I'm still going to be here. But I shot one the other day or put one in the can with a gentleman by the name of Josh McClay. He's got a company called O'Malley's Media LLC. O'Malley's Adventure. It's a podcast. But I have one that's coming up with director Andy Palmer, Hollywood director Andy Palmer. He directed The Funhouse Massacre and Camp Colebrook and other movies. And um, I reached out to him and said, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And he said, absolutely. So, yeah. Patrick, I got to tell you, because uh, I do remember the last time we, we recorded, um, we uh, talked about how your uncle wrote a movie called uh, Camp Coldbrook, right? Yes. And I kid you not, and this just goes to prove, if every, like if anybody is doubtful over the fact that your phone listens to what you're saying and then adapts it to what you see, yes. literally, I have never seen this prior. The second I got off that call, of course, you know, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and guess what pops up? A freaking ad for Camp Col uh, Coldbrook. And I'm like, whoa, really? that is weird. That's Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was like, what? The like, clearly there's no other way that this could happen besides the fact that my phone is listening to me talk and it recognized that I said Camp Coldbrook and it recognized that, oh, here's a potential sale and let's advertise. Yeah. It's so weird, but that is it's like- out, 
It is. Isn't that weird how it listens like that? Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, there's people out there that, that, that don't believe it. And I mean that, I mean, if I ever had any doubts that, that put those in the ground because there's no way that would have popped up any other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's out everywhere too. Right now you can stream it basically anywhere movies are streams camp Colebrook. And it was cool because Andy Palmer, the one who directed it, um, when I reached out to him and asked him to be on the podcast, I, he doesn't know I'm Alex. Alex is my uncle. I didn't tell him, so I didn't name drop. And so I feel pretty happy about that too, where I was like, cool. I got a Hollywood director on my show without name dropping. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. That's, and, yeah. and, and I have heard of Funhouse massacre. I watch, um, um, uh, a YouTube channel called popcorn talk. And, um, I think one of the writers of that movie host a show called guilty movie pleasures and uh he, okay he's always plugging it he's always like and you can get your copy of funhouse massacre and it's just it's uh yeah robert england he's the guy who played freddy krueger is in that yeah good old freddy oh man he's um he's been in the news uh uh because i follow this guy named dave mccray he's like a youtube commentator and uh he um has been on the podcast we didn't talk about this but uh he uh loves to comment on this. I think Robert England wants to do um like a Freddy animated series. Oh, cool! And I like I don't know how that would work. I like I don't like I don't think Freddy necessarily translates to an animated series personally. But... If they, if they did it if they did it like uh, Spawn on HBO animated series, yeah. Have you ever seen the Spawn animated series on HBO? I haven't, but I um Ooh, you would have good. to Check get that out. You would have to go somewhere where you don't have restrictions. I mean, because like uh, the way I'm thinking about it is sort of like a SpongeBob cartoon, but you would have to go real, like you know, hardcore, edgy, gritty. You know what I mean? That's way. Yeah, that's way. Spawn is. I have the DVD set of Spawn and Todd McFarlane, one of my favorite uh, artists. Anyways, he's and, great. Yeah, that that HBO did really good justice to the comic. Um, the animated series, but the movie Spawn itself was terrible. But he's in works right now. <laughs> to have a new spawn and it's going to be rated r yes yeah he just did um uh literally this is funny he um there's a series on youtube uh it's called the build series and uh it's hosted in new york city and uh they they like they have so many interesting people on they had todd mcfarlane on recently and he was oh my god i mean you talk about someone where if you like the person that's interviewing the person like if you can't find a way to squeeze yourself into Todd McFarlane, the way he talks, you'll never get a question out because that guy literally just, he, he gets in the train, he puts that thing into, <laughs> into full blown and he never gets off that train because it's, but, it, but it's really inspiring because the guy just has so many really good, um, points that he makes about, you know, how he started out and, and, and the struggles and he just has really good yeah. advice, really good advice. Pretty amazing guy. So, okay. I, um, grabbing my, my laptop here uh okay so i have figured out and uh i forget when i figured this out but uh i do know that during our first recording i was thinking to myself the whole time i was thinking who does patrick remind me of patrick's voice sounds like someone that i know or that i've heard i might not know them but i've heard this voice somewhere and i figured it out have you ever seen a movie from 2001 called joyride i have not okay this is a um, it's sort of similar, like, like there's a lot of comparisons to um, it sort of being a modern version of Steven Spielberg's duel. And okay. um, so it's so it's uh, it's Paul Walker, the guy from the Fast and the Furious movies. 
Yes. And um, him and his brother are doing this cross country thing, and they're prank like 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 they're pranking truckers over the over the CB, and mm. um, they stumble across this one guy who classifies and 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 goes by the name uh, Rusty Nail, and um, it 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 just kind of spirals out of control from that point on and they get stalked by him and everything and it's 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 actually a really good movie but his voice and i'm going to play it here his voice is 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 a little deeper than yours but it sounds very similar and i want to see if you think so and uh, and of course everyone listening thinks so as well so hopefully this picks up let me know if you can hear it hear it do you hear like the rusty yeah. nail rusty net rusty nail yeah oh my god you have to watch it like i mean i think it's it probably doesn't sound as good like you like you would just have to uh, go on youtube and type in um R- rusty nail rusty nail joyride or candy cane um because uh yeah it's uh it's it's candy cane is the 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 name that paul walker decides on to be called and he's, he's oh, like pretending that he's a like a woman and uh, it's just so funny. Like, check it out and let me know if you think that uh, you sound like him because I think you sound spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, see, right now, I f- oh, my God, it's kind of eerie. I feel like I'm talking to Rusty Nail. <laughs> this is old Rusty Nail. Oh, man. That's a good movie. It's a good movie. Did you uh, – uh, I love Duel. Have you ever seen Duel? No, I have not. You've never seen Duel? No. What? How have I seen Duel and you haven't? That came out in the. That was Steven Spielberg's first feature length film. He made yeah, it with I, uh, Dennis Weaver. I have not seen that. What's it about? Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's uh, it's um, it's sort of similar to what I was just describing. They're not pranking anyone, but uh, oh, okay. This guy sort of has um, he kind of uh, I think I haven't seen it in a while. Does he? initiate it or does the trucker initiate it i mean like it's sort of like a stalking like, like, like a stalking story of a like a truck driver and um very twilight zone-esque i mean I, I you can pretty much put that to a lot of things in life but this really does feel like a twilight zone episode because i think it was made for tv and uh spielberg was like in his 20s when he made it and you watch it and it's just like making you feel like you're not doing something right with your life because he made this when he was in his twenties and it's so good. It's so suspenseful. Um, and it's all practical, obviously. I mean, it was in the seventies, so they had to really right, figure right. out how yeah. to, and there's such a lovely factor to that. I love movies that are practical. So it's a, uh, it's a good one. It's called dual. Uh, I think 75, it came out somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, that's a, uh, that, that's where Joyride came from, and uh, good shit, good shit. Uh, do you? Uh, yeah. So this is a random question, and I was just—I uh, think earlier on in the in the podcast, it dawned on me because I think you you censored yourself. Do you? Because I know in your podcast, you'll you like you'll sling a like a, a explicit word every once in a while. Do you? Do you frequently curse, or do you try to kind of censor yourself? 
on we live on a planet it is curse free i have mine is not explicit i've i the only time i've ever swore was just the other day and i said shit but um <laughs> that that is allowed on the fcc and so um i i was like ah, i didn't really swear according to their rules but um in real life uh Potty mouth. Not, not on the podcast i swear quite a bit yeah <laughs> i just i swear quite often but on the podcast I want it to be where um, if uh, anybody's listening to it, if they got a kid running around in the background, I'm not going to all of a sudden where they're like, you know what? Come on. I can't listen to this now because my kid's running around in the background and he's dropping F-bombs every freaking five seconds. Yeah, right. (laughs) So but part of me, part of me wants to push that button to where it goes explicit and it would turn into a whole different podcast, I'm sure. But um, I'm I'm happy with where she is right now, being more wholesome, I guess, in the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, everyone has their has their the way that they want to structure their show, but um, that just kind of uh, dawned on me. I was like, I wonder if Patrick curses, not even on the podcast, because like you said, I feel like you don't. And yeah, then... in real life, I do a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's so weird. So it's, it, it used to be. It used to be hard when I first started. We live on a planet to make. I had to make conscious efforts to do it. But now, since I have so many, almost four hundred episodes, as soon as I'm in front of the phone and I'm, I got my headphones on and I'm in front of the mic and I know that I'm going to be doing what I'm doing and my mic goes hot, I turn into it. Mode turns on. You know what I mean? To where all of a sudden I'm like, that's right, don't swear. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's easy to not swear. Well, that's good because for me, like, I feel, um, it's so strange. Like the only people I don't curse in front of are my parents and like my, like, you know, pretty much my whole family. I try not to curse in front of besides that, besides that I am like the definition of a potty mouth. And, um, I really try to, uh, you know, it's, it's, if I know that I have to censor myself, I don't like knowing that I have to censor myself. So, but like, for example, like like when I come on your show, like I'll like I'll really be conscious about it and and I'll do it. I'll find a way to get through it. But man, is it constantly going through my head of like, oh wait, oh wait, don't 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 say say fricking say fricking, you know? It's <laughs> you're right. You know, right. it's it's so, so so strange. It's it's weird how some people they are so one hundred percent clean, so squeaky clean, and then you got the other side of the spectrum. It's just like every other word is is the f-bomb and yeah does that turn you off like does that like no no no, not at all it doesn't bother me like i said i swear all the time and so it doesn't bother me at all i just when i started my podcast i just didn't and i put it in a category of not explicit and i went on the charts in apple and apple was noticing me and i was made a name for Myself in, in Cambodia, I was ranked number two in the personal journals on Apple Podcasts. So I'm like, I'll take it. And I'm figuring if I change that around and become explicit, I've just taken away a bunch of audience. Very true. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess that is a good piece of advice. If anyone's trying to start a podcast, you know, you, you start off either explicit or non-explicit and stick yeah. with it because if you suddenly switch it up halfway through all of a sudden, if you're non-explicit and then like all of a sudden new episodes, you start by saying, Hey, how the fuck are you doing? Like yep. you're, you're like, people are going to be so turned off and vice versa, yeah. vice versa. If all of a sudden you've been so explicit and people are noticing, wait, hold on this guy, like every other word is right. shit. Where'd that go? Right. You know, right. You have to mm-hmm. really find that groove. So uh, that's a good, that's a good bit of advice, Eddie. I think simple, but good, you know, where you're like, don't change it. 
Yeah. You know, you found like, clearly you found your groove and, and I found my groove and hopefully the, the Carpe guys find their groove. I mean, what a name for a podcast. Yeah. Let's talk about swag. <laughs> yeah. What a name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, look, Patrick, I, um, I, uh, this was a blast. yeah, it was, uh, and, uh, and this one is definitely going to be usable. I can tell. So I'm really happy about that. And, um, I'm going to get going here because, uh, in less than an hour, I'm going to be hopping on. So I hope you can join, man. I hope you can. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll jump over. Yeah. I hope you can tune in and, uh, uh, I'll see you in the chat room. And, uh, of course, everybody, all the information that you need to know about Patrick is in the show notes down below. You can click it. I'll have his website there. And then of course we live on a planet is on every major listening platform available. So, uh, definitely check it out. And I think that, uh, people will tune in and, uh, really, really fall in love with, uh, your personality, your voice. You're just a, you're, you're a good comfort in dark times. I don't know if anyone, like anyone has ever told you that, but, uh, just your, your comfort and something that I did notice. This is something that I just, uh, before I let you go, I want to ask, um, it's weird how, when you, change so like like let's say i'm listening to one podcast and then i switch to another the smallest subtle details even in terms of how loud their volume is is i mean obviously like there's a wide spectrum of how loud your podcast can be and i find that for for your podcast i have to crank it all the way up to like the max volume and it's not like i can't hear you i can perfectly hear you but i have to crank it all the way up is that something that you're doing like on purpose no, or I, no it just happened because i have a brand new sure mv51 mic and ever since i plugged that in that's been happening and i don't know a way around it there's a way to set my gain my mic gain and there's also a way to go in and root around in the graphic equalizer and so i'm gonna do that for my next show because you're not the only listener i've had more than one listener call up and say, what's going on with your show? I can't, I have to have it cranked. And then when the interludes comes on, it's so loud that there's such a contrast. So I don't know why that's happening. Yeah. Um, um, I definitely know what they're saying with those interludes, but like, I mean, what's good about your show is you'll, you know, you'll kind of give me a hint of like, you'll be like, all right, when we come back, we're going to talk about this, stay tuned or, or, or whatever. And so I know, okay, yeah. now just kind of just, just dial it down a little bit because all of a sudden there's going to be a wow, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but I, but I didn't know if that was something you were doing consciously. Like I just want my show to be as, you know, as um, intimate as possible. So you have to crank it up all the way. No, no, it's something that I have to try to figure out what is going on. And I don't know if it's with a, gra- if it's just as simple as, raising my gain or if it's the um graphic equalizer yeah i mean uh but 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 like don't like worry or anything because i mean i can i can definitely hear you and and you sound crystal clear and i and i love the i love the audio quality of that microphone so me too me too it's killer it is it looks like an old elvis mic and yep that's partly why you probably got it right (laughs) yeah yeah i got it too because it was free from sticker mule (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go. I don't know what that is. I, what is that? I won I won five hundred dollars from a company named Sticker Mule. And it was a they had a giveaway. Sticker Mule is where I get my merch, my stickers and magnets and stuff like that. And um they were running a giveaway and they gave me a five hundred dollar Amazon gift card and I bought this microphone with it. Wow. Did you have anything left over or did it take all five hundred? No, it was a it's a hundred and ninety nine dollar mic. So I had plenty left over i bought my wife a singing crystal bowl a big crystal bowl a singing bowl like those like monks and muse and yoga people use and all that stuff 
Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So it was, it was awesome. I, I was able to get that and then get my wife something too. Wow. Well, it's great to hear that people can actually win giveaways. Cause I mean, you think that you're, you're, uh, you're participating in a giveaway and I mean, I don't know about you, but I always feel like eh, there's no way I'm going to win. Yeah. 500 no bones, 500 bucks. Crazy. I was happy. Yeah. Damn. Well, hey, look, man, I, uh, I, I, I loved having you on. And I, uh, once again, thank you so much for dealing with all my, um, hold on. I'm going to call you back. Hold on. I'm going to call you back. Hold on. Wait, oh, yeah. I'm going to call <laughs> you back. Uh, no because worries. I feel like, I feel like we figured it out and I feel like from now on, I think I might do this. I think I might do this because normally I'd always use anchor and then I would just, uh, um, uh, sit in my car. Like fun fact, like, like if anyone cares, all the, all the remote recordings you've ever heard on this podcast, I was always sitting in my car. This is the first time wow. I've ever done a remote recording in my house. And, um, so I think I'm going to like, obviously I think that's like, that's a uh, very beneficial just to not even have to leave. So, yeah. um, and I think it sounds great and I think you sound great and, uh, hopefully everyone enjoys it. Let me know, get in contact with me and, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stop rambling on cause it's just going to keep going. So Patrick, I, right. hope, I hope to see you tonight and, uh, go check out, we live on a planet. Alrighty. And we are fading out. I know you can still hear me, everybody. I think Patrick can still hear me, but the uh, exit music is still going. And just like that.